Welcome back, everybody, as we get rolling here on a Monday. Two hours with you today. 600 ESPN El Paso is our home. Looking forward to spending these two hours with you. Huge 5 o'clock hour, by the way. Huge 5 o'clock hour because uh, Adrian's got a pair of conversations. He's going to chat at 20 after with America's uh, head coach Mike Brooks and then Chapin's head coach Rodney Lewis for a couple of great conversations. So that's coming up in uh, about an hour and 20 minutes from now. And then John Teicher uh, will uh, get us home as we get ready for the final show of the regular season, Utah basketball with Kevin Baker and Joe Golding. That's going to be coming up here at um, 6 o'clock from um, their location at uh, on the west side of town, the Holiday Inn Sunland Park. So looking forward to that. Uh, going to be fun for one last show this, uh, this year. And then obviously they're in Frisco next week, and as soon as uh, that's over, they go right to recruiting. So it's uh, pretty much a non-stop situation. But if you want to head to 900 Sunland Park Drive on the west side for tonight's show, 6 to 7, John will be there with both coaches for UTEP basketball coming up at 6 o'clock. So looking forward to all of that. In the meantime, Adrian, uh, we got a lot to catch up on. Uh, happy Monday for you. How was the weekend? Weekend was great, Steve. Uh, it was filled with watching a lot of hoops over this weekend. How, how was your weekend as, uh, as we get here to a Monday. I'll tell you something. Um, I had the opportunity to, uh, like you, uh, have a busy Saturday. First, I spent it at uh, the Y watching uh, Joel's uh, you know, third and fourth grade basketball game, which was a lot of fun. He ends up suffering an injury, though, in that game. No. We, didn't, we didn't know it. He plays the whole game, and then after the game is over, he starts to limp a little bit and says his ankle hurts. Got to realize something. My kid never gets hurt. And, and not only that, He's one of those kids that you have to pry away from a ball. Like, he just, he's so active that when he tells me something's wrong, I realize something probably really is wrong. So, uh, he had ba- baseball practice yesterday. And before the, before the practice, we went and um, luckily, the uh, of the coaches, one of the coaches, uh, she got her degree in sports medicine and was an athletic trainer. And she looked at him and said, he's got a high ankle sprain. So, he is now. Uh, and this is, I don't know how this is going to happen, but basically no PE, no recess, no activity, no running around for three days. Now, I don't know if he can handle that because I'm going to tell you something. This kid, I, I don't think he can be outside and not run around. So we'll be really interested to see if, in fact, he's able to listen and do what he needs to do to heal up because those ankle injuries can, can uh, if they don't heal properly, he'll be in pain the rest of his uh, the rest of 2022. He's got to watch himself. And he's an athletic guy, so he's playing almost year-round sports, right, Steve? You guys keep him active. I mean, he, I he plays a ton of sports, so, I mean, he's, he's always doing something out there. He keeps himself active, all right? Um, part of the reason um, I, I'm not, you know, 300 pounds is because I'm chasing after him all the time and he's you know it's it's pretty much let's uh you know let's play ball let's do this let's do that and it's just it's just non-stop so and and even for like I can't handle half the time I'm like man I, I, I gotta rest he's like come on dad I'm you know I, I gotta move I'm active is what he always says like, I I need to I need to play something so it's wow. it's wild I love that I love the fact that he he loves to be active and that he and he's uh always about playing different sports and stuff I wish him the best in the speedy recovery Steve. tell you what I think he'll be fine but ultimately and I at first I was like we thought is this in, is this injury even real like is he just milking it to stay home and play video games but no I mean he was limping at the basketball game on Saturday and I don't mean his game I mean the UTEP game 
He was uh, favoring it a little bit when he was walking around uh, the Haskins Center. And, um, you know, we, we kind of figured something was wrong Saturday. And then he got, got up Sunday and just wasn't right. And sure enough, high ankle sprain. So luckily he didn't, he didn't deal with the injuries I dealt with when I was a kid. Now I was a little older. But, man, the first time you get a groin injury, that's the worst. Or a hamstring injury, those are terrible. I'm, I'm dealing know? with the groin injury right now. It's terrible, man. You're dealing with a yes, groin injury now? Yes, it's horrible. Like, I'm oh, having yeah. to stretch during work. It's terrible. I, I listen, can't stand this. I listen. heard it playing basketball recently. I've had groin, hamstring, shin splints, which absolutely suck. Um, I, I, I fractured a vertebrae in high school in my back that kept me out of baseball one year because Doc said I had to uh, rehab for three or four months, which wasn't fun. Uh, no surgery, luckily. And then, of course, when I was in my mid-40s, I, um, I flipped an ATV being an idiot because I'd never been on one before, took it up a, uh, a, little, uh, a, a little incline a little too fast, and next thing you know, I fall off of it and it lands on me, and luckily I'm not dead. So ultimately, my time for, fun, for crazy things, that's long gone. Shouldn't have done that even, uh, you know, what, four or five years ago. Should have stayed away from that because I've got a plate and 11 screws in my wrist for, for absolutely no reason, for, uh, for 100% stupidity. That's why. So, so you've been banged up. In your in your career, but in not your- <laughs> really banged up. Like I mean, that's the thing. It's you know what I mean. It's in the nut. You know, for the most part, I blame myself for that, and you know, little nagging injuries here and there. So bumps and bruises. Exactly. Exactly. So the fact that he got his, you know, he got a little high ankle sprain. Hey, uh, welcome to athletic competition, young man. Because guess what? This is you're not just going to be able to go out there play and, and never get hurt. That's injuries are part of the sport. It's part of the game. Especially in basketball, I mean, hey, uh, ankle sprains uh, typically happen in in that sport because you're not you're you're moving nonstop. You go on the jump stop sometimes when you uh, specifically stop in one location. You turn yes. your your uh, your wet, your body the wrong way. It just doesn't work well for you. Hundred percent right. Hundred percent right. So anyway, we went to the game Saturday, and I'll tell you something. All right, sixty one hundred fans. It felt. Louder than 6,100. They were in the game. They were involved. It was a fun crowd. In fact, I wrote about it today because multiple people said, and I agree, that it felt like the old days. Now, let me preface this, okay? The old days to me are the 80s. And the 80s were always sold out for big games, and the crowds were electric. So I don't know if I would really go so far as to compare it to the 80s. But what I will say is, is that the crowd was loud. It was definitely louder than it's been in a while. And Saturday was a great example of the fans getting behind UTEP. The Miners, uh, you know, they fought and, and really had every chance to try to win that game, except for the last couple of offensive possessions where they came up empty. But I thought the atmosphere was terrific. I thought the crowd was great. I thought the students were great. I thought the Miners gave you everything they had, like they always do. And it's a shame they couldn't come away with a win because, Adrian, you could tell that, you know, this basketball team, especially as Keontae gets healthier here down the stretch, they got a chance to do some things heading into the tournament. Not saying that this team's going to go win Conference USA and go to the NCAA tournament, but I think they're going to be a tougher out than they've been in recent years. 
No doubt. And, and hey, can they do one thing and finally win a conference game like this program Ugh. hasn't been able to do in years now? Steve, I mean, th- that was the standard at this program in years past, uh, going through the conference tournament and having a puncher's chance to actually win the conference tournament. But, you know, dialing back expectations, for me, I'm just looking at it. Can you win one tournament game in Frisco under your belt? And I feel like the answer is trending toward a uh, a yes, because of yes. how this team has been uh, playing these past couple weeks. I know they fought to the wire against one of the best teams in UAB, weren't able to pull it out, and some fans were a little disappointed. Even some fans were disappointed at the attendance, which I, that's a whole other thing, Steve. But you know, going back to this team, now they've got a chance to get into the conference tournament with some momentum under their belt, having host or uh, getting ready to set uh, to host Rice and North Texas this week. When was the last time they won a game in the CUSA tournament? That's a great question. I mean, it wasn't 2018 because that was the first year for Rodney Terry. They didn't even qualify that year. It wasn't 2017 because that year uh, Tim Floyd left abruptly and uh, and Phil Johnson finished out the year. They didn't qualify. I don't know if either they didn't qualify or they were bounced out immediately. So I probably, my best guess is looking back to that 2016 year. Oh, my God. Like 2016, 2017, right? Right. That's correct. That's five years but if that's, that's my the guess. case. So I, I got to go back and check. They haven't won a tournament game in the CUSA tournament Five years, that's unbelievable. If that's if that's true, and you know what, it very well be. It very well might be. It's very possible that that is the case. So, um, but let's talk about Saturday, for example. I, I I thought the crowd was great. I give a lot of credit to everybody who showed up. I thought the team played hard, gave them everything they had. They just couldn't get it done down the stretch when they needed to. But ultimately, there were some positives to take away. There definitely were some positives to take away. Um. Yeah, I think they beat Rice yeah. in 2017, and that was the last time they've won a CUSA tournament uh, tournament game. Yep, 2017 beating Rice. That year was, hey, they had a pretty solid team that year. However, they dropped the next game to Middle Tennessee by a big margin, lost 82-56. to Oh, my. Yeah, that was bad. That was bad. So, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been tough for them. It really has. It has not been easy. So... Uh, and and that's true. Rodney Terry never won a conference tournament game. No, in his three seasons no, they at UTEP, did. they never did. And the last year of Tim Floyd really was the Phil Johnson end. He didn't win that year either. So we're going five years since they've won a tournament game. That's uh, that's that's mind boggling to me. But that's such a low bar. I mean, win a conference game is such a low bar to to accomplish, and they haven't been able to do that over the last five years. So if you can get over that hump right there, if you're able to get any kind of momentum, uh, I mean, I've already called this season a success in my book. I mean, per- personally, just where they were, uh, considering all the adversity they faced this year, and, and to the skill level that they're playing right now, I consider this a a big and a successful season. Not a big success, but just a successful season year one uh but get over the hump and get a conference tournament when that's that'll pull put a bow on the season for me now you uh posted this on twitter a little while ago you were at practice today had a chance to listen to um joe golding here's what he had to say after practice yeah well like today's practice man we obviously worked on some late game situations and tried to clean some of that stuff up um put in some stuff here as we as we head down the stretch uh you know some stuff that we should have gotten in a while back but we just hadn't had the time or the team and 
Um, now that we've got everybody together, we put some stuff in. I think the second thing is just kind of finish the fight, you know, and, and today was about having some fun again. We played some old school camp games, but, uh, you know, this time of year, you can only go over so many plays so many times, you know. Uh, these guys have to have fun. It's, it's a long year. It's a long season. It's been going since the summer, um, and these guys deserve to finish it the right way, man. So to me, the message was simple, man. This group's only going to be together for two more weeks. That's the reality that we live in. Let's finish the fight, man. Let, let's finish the race. We've had a good season up to this part. We've achieved some good things, and um, you know, let's finish this thing the right way. Coach uh, Cam Clardy back in practice. I know you might not be able to say a lot, but you know, what does he do now that he's back in, or, or you know, what's what's the latest? With yeah, him? sticking with the statement, you know, that I sent. We're still gathering some information, but obviously, you know, he's part of our team uh, still, and so we want to make sure he's close to us and he needs some comfort and support as well um, right now. And so we brought him back to practice today. Uh, at this point, right now, he will not suit up for the games, but he's back at practice and he's around us, and it was good to see him today. Anything with postseason yet that you can talk about? I know that you know now the season's winding down. Is there anything that that's going on in the postseason tournaments that we're not you know not the NCAA tournaments right now? Yeah, there's a lot of conversations going on behind the scenes on, on all that, and, and it's uh, it's a tough call, you know, to be honest with you. Um, so we'll, we'll just see how the season plays out. Uh, there's positives and negatives to, to both of those uh, you know options of going or not going. We definitely they, these tournaments want us, and that's a, that's a credit to UTEP and the brand, uh, and a credit to these guys and the season that they've had. Uh, but at the same time, uh, you know, uh, it might just be time for it to be over, you know, and, and turn the page to recruiting and, and uh, you know, get ready to build for year two. So, um, you know, every year is different. Every situation is different. Um, and we'll evaluate it uh, at the end of the year and kind of see where it goes. So I got a thought on that. And by the way, great job uh, getting uh, Coach Golding there and uh, beautiful video. God, that iPhone 13 of yours is unreal. Anyway, um, I love how you blur the background. That's the coolest, That's the coolest. thing ever. It's it is, not me. But... It's, it's phenomenal. But what he said is interesting to me. And, and, and here's my thoughts on it, okay? If they beat Rice in North Texas and they win a tournament game in Frisco, I could see them playing a postseason game and, and taking them up on that. But if they lose one of the next two games and bow out in that first round, then I could also see them saying, you know what, we're going to end it. I think a lot of it really depends on how this team finishes up this week and what they do next uh, Wednesday in the conference tournament. I used to be on the, I, I guess, like on the island of thinking you play any postseason uh, game that you get for experience, but I'm going to go the other way. I, I've thought about it a lot today, Steve, and I'm going to go ahead and say if you're going to give me the argument about experience, I get it. If you want want to say that this team is coming back the entire, you know, like the entire nucleus and running it back next year, I'm good with that and play postseason game, whatever it is, CBI, college basketball classic, whatever it is, I'm good with that. But now I'm not. I, I think that they should focus. If not, they should focus on recruiting. They have a huge, huge task against them uh, to try to go out into the transfer portal or into the high school ranks and get the best players they can and run it back next year to try to win it. I think your eyes are set on year two of Joe Golding. If I, I don't know. That's just me personally. That's me personally. Yeah, but if you win these next two games and you're eighteen in uh, what eighteen and twelve. And then you win a 19th game, all right? And you finish 19 and 13. And let's just say you go to the second round of the tournament. How do you, uh, I mean, that's that, that's pretty good progress. So, I, and they were right there with UAB. And if you, if you could get a home game, I think fans would come to watch that. Oh, they would. I'm not arguing that. I'm gonna, I'm just saying the philosophy side of thing. I'm, I'm thinking if you're a coaching staff right now, if you're trying to prioritize for the future and look at bigger picture, I'm focusing on recruiting and getting the best players here in El Paso to visit the facilities and to be here next year. But if you're arguing like, hey, are people going to go to that game? Sure. And they're going to be yeah. invested and, and we'll cover those games too. And we'll be invested in those. All right, 17 
Pass as we get started. If you want to weigh in, we'd love to hear from you. we got awards to give out from Saturday as well. If you listen to Minor Talk, presented by the Oscar Adietta Allstate Agency, you heard it. But we'll give out some awards. We'll take some calls. We'll read some tweets. We'll talk about straight-up G's performance yesterday in the Mind That Bird Derby for Jim Rome. All that coming up in Hour 1 as we send it back right now to Charlie 1 and get this traffic update. Welcome back, everybody, as we continue here on Sports Talk X-1. Saw the guys yesterday as I was um, in that part of their uh, in that part of the woods. In fact, one half of X-1 is going to be going with me later tonight to go watch the uh, Ghost and Volbeat show. Oh, you're going. That's I great. I am excited about that tonight. I'm not kidding, Steve. When I left the Haskins Center, I mean the Foster Stevens Center, there's people lined up already. Already? Yeah, there's some diehards for this. Well, I'm hoping that by the time I get out of the El Paso Athletic Hall of Fame nominations meeting and get over to the arena tonight with David, um, that it'll be, you know, the lines will be done. I mean, by then, I might be I might be there right around the time Volby comes on, so hopefully uh, everybody's already in their seats by then. I can just go and enjoy the show. Yeah, I'm hoping for the best for you. And if you have any issues, this is my best advice. After going to the Tyler Creator concert a couple weeks ago, best advice recently because they've changed a lot of gates and stuff like that. If there's a big line, look yeah. for a different gate. Got okay. it. That's my, that's my one advice. Well, how about this, okay? I'm sitting... Uh, the exact opposite of where you sat for that show. Where were you no, for that show? I was like right in front. <laughs> yeah, I am. Um, I'm going to be near the top of the arena today, so I am in no hurry because nice. I know that, um, and I'm bringing my glasses because I'll need them. Um, not binoculars, just glasses for that matter. But I really don't care where I'm sitting tonight. I just want to be in the arena, see the stage show, and understand this is the first concert that I've attended since kiss so that was march of 2020 so this is now almost two years to the day since the last uh, live show i saw at the haskins center wow kiss i mean that just really feels like yesterday steve it I feels know. like yesterday when you were telling me hey, i'm going to kiss you know I'm, I'm super excited joel's super excited about it it feels like yesterday well do you remember what i did the day after kiss did you leave for the conference tournament i did i went right to uh, frisco the next wow. day and then called one win and then was getting ready to get on the bus to go to the arena when uh, COVID shut down all of sports. I wow, that is that feels like yesterday. That gives me almost goosebumps just thinking about that. It's crazy, crazy, but that's just the way it is. So you know. Um, hey, by the way, looking at some of the messages coming in on uh, Twitter and on the app, this one comes from Robert in El Paso on our mobile app uh, powered by United Bank. Here's what Robert. Uh, messages us uh, on Sports Talk on the app. First of all, great show after watching UTEP. And I have a prediction for you guys. Seeing that UTEP more than likely will play ODU in the first round and then play Middle Tennessee, I'm telling you guys, they will get by them. Just run out of gas. Go Miners. Now, does he mean that the Miners are going to run out of gas or that he just ran out of gas and has to leave the chat because he just literally ran out of gas on the road while he was messaging us? I don't oh, know. <laughs> I hope not. Maybe it just means the team is going to run out of gas. Yeah, I think that's what he meant. Hopefully. Hopefully that. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I hope so. So, anyway. Appreciate that, Robert. Thanks for messaging us. Thanks for listening in. Line ringing in right now, 880-5763. Get you through to the program. 8805763 our telephone number here on Sports Talk. So, yeah, we got a lot more to cover on the show today. By the way, um I really thought that the crowd Saturday night 
was the second best takeaway from that game against UAB. The first being the return of Keontae Kennedy. The crowd, though, after Kennedy, I mean, I thought they were in it. They were alive. Um, they were making noise. I thought the students made a terrific showing. I wish the students were like that all the time. Uh, but they were great. I mean, Adrian, as far as I'm concerned, if UTEP can get 6,100 for Thursday and Saturday or better, uh, that can make all the difference in the world uh, to this team uh, with that home court advantage. Yeah, I mean, fa- first off, fantastic crowd on Saturday. I was real worried five minutes before tip-off, not a lot of people there, and I was like, oh, man, are we going to have another conversation about how uh, attendance is still lacking late in the game against a significant opponent like UAB? But they turned out uh, in the end. I thought the students were great. Uh, you know, even even uh, a lot of the athletes were there, student-athletes, so that yep. was a-, a lot of fun to just see that. This is the big week, though. I mean, t- cast aside last week this is the week right here because rice is such a big game in terms of seeding so they will rely on their crowd if they lose to both these teams rice and north texas they got a little bit of tough you know that fifth or fourth seed is in jeopardy right there for the miners now the north texas game that that's an opportunity for the miners to knock off the best team in all of conference usa and it's senior day so two huge games for uh minor fans to show out and and help out this team in terms of their uh crowd noise i've watched north texas and i've watched uab i came way more pressed with UAB than I did North Texas. Oh, really? I liked UAB. I feel like they're so balanced. They've got a lot of players. They've got guys off the bench. Uh, their backcourt might be the best in Conference USA, and uh, I think that that wins you tournament games, you know, in March. They also made their free throws down the stretch. I mean, and they course. needed them. And that was, that was big, really big. X's, so. and o, X's and O's, I trust Andy Kennedy, big time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, terrific game. I, mean, I thought UAB was fun, though. I, I did. I had a good time at the arena. And uh, probably the best. I thought that was probably one of the most entertaining games I've been to all year. So that was. I'm with you on that. I thought it was the best one of the season, most entertaining. I think the only other one that you'd put above uh, or maybe close to that one is maybe Florida Atlantic. But I still thought, when all, with all things considered, the crowd noise, everybody getting excited. Yeah, it was. It was this past Saturday. Let's go to Gator Richard. He joins us next on Sports Talk as we continue. Go Gators! What's going on, Richard? Hey, question for you. Yep. With baseball, like kind of sitting on the fence whether they're going to play or not. Yep. When, when is that drop-dead dateline? Tonight. Tonight. So, tomorrow, who will be the highest-paid baseball player in the MLB? Just based on contracts? Current, Like, based on current contracts? Well, yeah. So, some some guys are smart enough to make deferred payments. See what I'm saying? Like as part of their contract. Because so they won't. So they won't lose money if the case they cancel a month of the season. They're not going to. If their if their contracts are deferred, what you're saying is they'll get more money on the back end than the front end. Well, that's how they negotiated it. See what I'm saying? So the punchline is, even though Ichiro hadn't played in a couple years. Yes. By tomorrow. He'll be the highest MLB player again because same thing happened last year or, or uh, 2020 when they didn't when they weren't playing. Remember? I do. I know exactly what you're saying. Um, look, I, I, again, I think that the whole idea behind this uh, this phone call, and I get what you're trying to say here, um, <laughs> but understand this, okay? Uh, they're going to come to an agreement. Uh, it'll happen, and now apparently, from what I'm understanding. The playoff expansion is the 
uh, big issue right now because the owners know that if they go to 14 uh, from 10, they're going to make an extra $100 million. The players have already said yes to 12, not to 14, because they think that that's the one leveraging power that they have. So it'll be interesting tonight to see if that ends up being the sticking point or if they're able to get it done in the uh, 11th hour here and, and, and solve this thing so that they can all go to spring training uh, next week and, and start uh, on time. Okay. Hey, and uh, also read an article, I think it was on uh, CB, I want to say CBS Sports. Somebody, somebody like really laid in to Chris Collinsworth and his like, you know, weak calling of the game, especially like, you know, that one touchdown where the Rams had like 12 plays within, uh, you know, the 10-yard line. And uh, Collinsworth was like part of that, conspiracy thing that I've been talking about, you know, well, you know, uh, uh, leave it up to the Rams, you know, Stafford doesn't have anybody to throw to, except the guy that he always throws to. The other guy got hurt. We know that. But anyhow, I thought that was a pretty interesting article. I I think people are are starting to realize, you know, like the blinds are being pulled back on the NFL and and all the hokey stuff they've been pulling, you know, it's just a matter of time until, you know, you're going to play these recordings of me uh, telling you the NFL's been fixed for for the last, like, 15, 20 years. Oh, yeah, I'm waiting. I, I need I need to actually create a conspiracy theory theme music so that when you call up, I can start having, like, a special <laughs> conspiracy theory music for you. What do you think? There you go. Well... That or or the cuckoo sound yeah, or yeah. whatever. I like that you too. Know, That's because good. you know you guys you guys will uh, will say that you're you're part of the sports program out here until you know I don't know. I mean, I gave you guys a hell of a suggestion back in 2020 when when everything was shut down. Do you remember? No, I've already. I, I don't remember what I did yesterday. What uh, What did you tell well, me back in 2020? Well, because every everything was on like hold because yep. of COVID. I said, look, we already know Ichiro is going to go into the Hall of Fame first ballot. But maybe his his stolen bases, which puts him at overall, like, number 11 on the all-time list, his, his stolen bases aren't counted, but his hits are counted, the 1278 that he had when he was in Japan. But the 199 stolen bases that he had when he was in Japan – no, no one even like blinks twice, and I challenged you guys back in March of 2020. I said, "Look, why don't you guys like start a letter campaign or get you know Stephen A. or some guest, you know, baseball guy to like you know make it make it his mission?" Because I mean, no, I agree with you on one thing. If you're going to count one stat, you got to count them all. Okay, I'm with you on that. You cannot count hits and and suddenly disregard every other stat from Japan. That is completely ridiculous. Because I mean, when you count, when you add in his 199 stolen bases, that puts him at number 11 all time. Do you have any autographed Ichiro stuff? Like, I mean, you're the biggest fan I know. You have anything from Ichiro that's signed for you? No. 
I need to get something for you. I'll, I'll, I'll work on it. I'll see if I can get something signed to, uh, to you. See what there I can do. All right, man. Take care. Thanks for the call. Richard's the greatest Ichiro fan in the history of mankind. He really is. He loves Ichiro. Loves him. He could talk about Ichiro 365. He like, could do a three-hour show on Ichiro. That's right. Yeah. And still have material in the can that he hasn't gotten to yet. I think what he was really trying to say is, I pitched you guys a show that I wanted to host mm-hmm. back in 2020, and you guys never bid on it. That's true. That is true. Hey, meanwhile, speaking of that, apparently... Augustine got the go-ahead. Speaking of pitching the show, apparently he now can take... Remember the bottle of of, uh, tequila that he promised 10 years ago that was held up at customs that he couldn't get a hold of? And apparently that was like the the trade-off was if he brought this ultra, ultra ultra-rare bottle of tequila, I'd give him the show? Yes. He said now that all of a sudden he has the ability to take it across the border. Oh, my God! The same bottle. No. Yes. Wait, th- does this mean I'm going to have to work with Augustine? You might have to. No. Now, here's, now, here's the crazy thing. <laughs> I thought the day he got the go-ahead, he would have taken that bottle over immediately and cashed in his chips. He hasn't done that yet. He's waiting for Brady to come back. That could be it, too. Should I make sure it's a one-hour edition of Sports Talk when, yes. uh, when Adrian comes across the border with that tequila? Uh, we're all taking spring break vacation. I know. Chad Middleton's already calling BS on uh, on on the Augustine. I'm story. with I'm with Chad on he that. He is. So no, Augustine told me it's done. He's been approved. He can now take anything over the border, including uh, tequila that apparently was being held up for uh, for years and years and years. Um, that reminds me. Do you think a bottle of tequila that's ten years old is still as good now as it was that the minute it was bottled? That's a great question. Yeah, I have I no know. clue. I have no. I'd be a little skeptical of drinking anything that Augustine gives me. Good point. Good. That's a that's a great. I I agree with that too. All right, let's go to uh, let's go to Adrian with Sports Center. We'll come back with more in a moment here on Six Hundred ES Panel Paso. Adrian, thank you very much. You know the um, Augustine tequila bet is so old that I think Chad Middleton was still working here. Does that mean he has to work the producing shift? That's a great question. You know. That might be part. We should make that part of the deal too, right? Yes, I think that's a great. That de- gets idea. you out of producing, gets Middleton back in. He could run the board for three hours. It's only been about seven, eight years, right? He could handle that. Yeah, there's not much to do here. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you a hundred percent. Let's let's volunteer Chad to come back. For that's this. how old this bet was. Wow, a ten year bet. That Maybe kind not of thing? ten, but closing on ten. Man, that's crazy. I got to look at the email I got about that. That's that's the um, – I'll tell you exactly how long this bet was. This bet's been going on. So, anyway, uh, Chad has already said there is no way you can ever get him back here to work with Augustine. That will never happen. He'd have to get a bottle himself just to work oh, with Augustine. Man. Maybe now Augustine Two could, bottles. Yeah, maybe Augustine could swing that. Gives Chad a $1,000 bottle of tequila to get him out of retirement, and then he gets to come and take the job. That's interesting. That sounds like a pretty doable thing huh. all across the board. I don't know. Please. I don't know what's greater, the, the the story that he played professional basketball in Mexico or the phantom bottle of tequila that he has promised uh, for the last almost decade. I'm looking for pictures of both. That's mm. my thing. I haven't seen pictures of either. You can't find the tequila bottle anywhere because it's so ultra rare. They don't even offer it on the Don Julio website. I just want it from Augustine's phone. Just hey, mm-hmm. send me a picture of what of you're the basketball, bringing over. Of the basketball picture. And, and, yeah. and send me the basketball picture. Send me both I pictures. I know. All right. We'll see what happens. 39 passed as we continue here on Sports Talk. All right. Uh, when we return, I'll tell you what. Straight Up G was 
pretty special yesterday at the track. If you missed it, we'll recap it next. Sports Talk continues right here at 600 ESPN El Paso. To be exact, this happened. Looks to be in third place with a lot of work in front of him. City at night, fourth. They come into the top of the stretch now and straight up J just needs about a quarter of a mile to go and he's revved up and looking for more. Straight up G leading by three long lengths. Classic moment. Battling it out with Bye Bye Bobby for the Miners. 16th of a mile to go. Straight up G trying to see this through and he's going to get it done. And straight up G is the mind that derb Burby winner over bye bye Bobby who closed in late to get second classic moment third with Fowler Blue fourth there is Eric Alwyn with the call from Track Talk. And how about that? Straight up G wins the Mind That Bird Derby. In fact, Jim Rome flew in El Paso yesterday and he flew in on Southwest, didn't even fly private. And it was funny because he talked about the whole experience on his show today, on his national radio show, and apparently he caught himself a, a, you know, a flight that got in direct to about 11 o'clock from L.A., went right to the track, said he drank some tequila because he was feeling good during the day, and then the exhilaration of knowing that his horse wins the Mind That Bird Derby, which means very good chance, as long as the horse recovers properly, he'll be back in a month to compete in the Sunland Derby. Steve, this was awesome stuff. By the way, uh, his suit was so fire. Like, that pink, I don't know, it's not really pink, it's like pink-purple kind of suit that he was wearing here in El Paso, I mean, at the Sunland Park Racetrack and Casino. That was awesome that, that he was he was rocking. And now that means that coming on this show might be good luck for him. So he might have to come back, no, no question about it. Oh, you know what? He's already said that if he's racing again, this is a given. So you got to figure that he will be back with us if he's back in town with the horse. I mean, the key will be, will the horse be able to recover in time? Because they, according to uh, Rome's show today, his team is divided on whether or not to have the horse start again in a month because they know that as great as the horse was running, he really let up a lot towards the end, nearly lost the race. So they want to make sure he's okay and there's nothing wrong to make sure that straight up G can wrestle, uh, wrestle can can um, can perform and race in the uh, Sunland Derby next month. Yeah, but if you win this one, don't you have to go to the Sunland Derby? You like, isn't think. that kind of like a thing? Like- well, I mean, listen, here's the deal, okay? The Sunland Derby is 50 points, so if you win the Sunland Derby, you're in the you're in the Kentucky Derby, which means Rome would have his horse in. Churchill going to the Kentucky Derby. That's how crazy it is. He might have to do uh, his show from Sunland Park on Monday. You never know because if he, if he wins the Sunland Derby, yeah, he might not be leaving anytime soon. You're right. That's right. He might just stay in town and he might be broadcasting live from this studio. Who knows? That's very true. We might have to be his home for a little bit. You never know. So that's a good point. 52 past the hour as we continue. But he rocked the purple suit, had a really good time, enjoyed it. Said nothing but great things about Sunland, New Mexico, El Paso, the whole thing. Because he really, his experience being in El Paso was basically landing in the airport, going to the track, spent all his time in the track, back to the airport, flying out through Phoenix, and then he caught, uh, and then he caught a flight in. So that was pretty much how things went with him. So, that's, that's good stuff. So business as usual, business, just a business trip. Look, speaking of business, look who's dropping by right now. Look who paid a visit 
to us here and just randomly walks wow. into the studio like they own the place. I like that. The power couple. It is. That's right. Mario Moch is here. Nicole Sack is here from New Mexico State Athletics. Boy, um, you know, and they're obviously coming uh, to, to say a few words before this week in uh, in games. I know they, they just stopped on our uh, TV partners, uh, KVIA, and did a – uh, I guess a 415 spot with them. But how great to go from Jim Rome winning the Sunland Derby, uh, the uh, I should say the Mind That Bird Derby, with his horse to Mario Mocha and Nicole Sack. What a transition that is. That is that is phenomenal. Now, um, why are you wearing sunglasses? What, is it too bright in here for you? Is that is that the problem? Prescription. So you, you, are, you, are you worried about uh, you know taking them off and, and possibly missing this, the chair as you're trying to sit down? No, no, I think it's like a mysterious look, right? It is. It's a, Yes, that, that's exactly. It's like Austin Powers, the woman of mystery, though, you are. There you go. All right, look, here's what we're going to do. We have Mario. We have Nicole here. Um, can the two of you uh, stick around for a few minutes and join us to begin our 5 o'clock hour? Okay. They will be here to begin our 5 o'clock hour. We'll, so we'll find out what they have going on. And then we'll get into uh, the remainder of the 5 o'clock hour, which is going to feature some high school basketball coverage with some coaches that are in the state uh, tournament right now, as well as John Teicher. He'll be joining us an hour from now with UTEP Basketball with Kevin Baker and Joe Golding. So all that coming up here on Sports Talk. So uh, stay with us. More in a moment as we continue. Pinky, hang on the lines. I'll get to you as well. Right here at 600 ESPN El Paso. Guests coming up here in hour number two. A lot of guests. John Teicher is going to be by in about 45 minutes from uh, the Holiday Inn Sunland Park on the west side of town. In the meantime, I'm also excited because I don't even know where our other headsets went, but they went someplace. Oh, my God. I can't. This is great. Uh, let's see if we can help me on trying to get this. There you go. Perfect. There we go. Now, we do have... Um, some guests from New Mexico State Athletics who just dropped by. And when I say they just dropped by, they literally just dropped by. That's right. I'm excited, though, because we do have with us right now um, here in our Lubingo studios, Mario Mocha and Nicole Sack. And uh, lady and gentlemen, welcome. Oh, Both very good to kind. See you. Thank you. Thanks for being here today. How are you? Thanks for letting us pop in. Yeah, That's we exactly. noticed you didn't invite us to the show today, so we <laughs> I just figured we'd come over. No. <laughs> Actually, Mario just said, hey, I'm doing uh, KVA. Can we just drop in? I'm like, yeah, that's fine. And you literally did just that. You just walked right in during the show, which is perfect. It was By al- the way, alarmingly easy to get it back here. Yeah, we had to That's GPS scary. It, that is scary to think about. Now, some radio hosts have a really big problem when the red light is on, and then all of a sudden people just walk right in. I couldn't care less. So as far as I'm concerned, whoever shows up, you become part of the show, and now you guys are part of the show. So there you go, just like that. We appreciate yeah. it. Good to see you both. The staff didn't really hesitate to let us in either. That's like, true. All right, just go back there. Nicole, why aren't you decked out in uh, Aggie gear like your uh, like like oh, Mario? Oh boy, here? do we need to tell? Okay, so I was wearing a non-Aggie mm-hmm. shirt, and since it's the the theme for Wednesday's game against Stephen F. Austin at 7 p.m. is blackout. Ah. And the reason why we're doing that is because the lights went out twice in the Pan Am. So if you got to have a little fun with yourself. <laughs> I really tried to. I tried to get El Paso Electric to uh, uh, consider sponsoring the game. I don't know if they like the connotation with blackout, but uh, we got to have some fun. So Nicole made me. We stopped by my house to change into this black Aggie shirt yeah, before we shirt. Uh, branded shirt before we, and then she criticize some of the things in my closet can't wear that because of that so mm. we yeah. picked it and and got on the road 
It looks good, though. I Thank like you. it. And you. you do have some crimson, but predominantly black. And that's what I said, too. I, could, I had all black options, but she picked this one. Okay. It looks good. But he's very conscious of his pants that do not match. They're kind of olive green. They I got them at the Under Armour outlet right here. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. It looks, it looks good. Nice. Trying to support, you know, you have the to. Texas and El Paso shopping. So. Well, that's the official outfitter of, uh, of NMSU. So you got to shop there, right? That's that is what correct. it's all about. That is correct. All right. Uh, hang in there, you two, because I've got more to talk about. We're going to give away some tickets also for Wednesday night. But Pinky's been holding through the break, and I'll give him a first uh, shot here to hour number two. Pinky, what's happening, man? Thanks for the call. Really? You got to put me on when you have New Mexico State guests there? Well, first off, your license plates are New Mexico plates, so you're one hypocrite to talk. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. You <laughs> don't get, you didn't get, listen, you, listen to me. If you if you have Texas plates with UTEP, that's one thing. But when you've got enemies, when you've got New Mexico plates with UTEP on there, you should not be offended when I bring on New Mexico State. If anything, well, you should be honored <laughs> that I'm doing that. <laughs> Thank you very much for that plug. But uh, yeah, hey, uh, real quick, uh, um, get to what I called about. Uh, I went to the uh, horse races yesterday. Oh yes, Sunland Park Racetrack. Yes, and uh, Jim Rome had a very nice sports jacket. I'll tell you what. But uh, I got to see the race where he he got the, his horse straight up G and straight up G from the beginning. He just led all the way around. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was very, very impressive. Even some people that were around him that are big horse race fans were saying, wow, this horse is really, really good. So something to look forward in the future to watching this horse. Good. And uh, I took a picture of Jim Rome. I couldn't take a picture with him because he said he was going to be busy taking pictures and interviews, which I understand. But uh, he was very nice and cordial, and I just told him, you know, I uh, congratulations, and I'm glad you made it here. And he said, me too. I'm very glad now that I made it so and I told him that I heard him on the local sports talk show. And he said, oh, yeah, I was on there the other day. And that was about it of the conversation because he got all involved in his, uh, his winning uh, a mood. And he had a smile and a grin, um, I mean, real real wide. And, and I look, it looked good to see someone like that in, coming in El Paso and uh, having some success within his, his sport that he likes a lot. Well, listen, it's so rare to have a horse that he bred himself. I mean, think about that. He he doesn't have a lot of horses in his stable, and he actually bred this horse, and this horse has now won, um, you know, a, a stakes race like the Mind That Bird Derby. That's a big, big deal. Yeah, it is. It's very, very high stakes. I mean, yep. uh, the money that we're giving away, we're kind of like, wow, but these, they're really putting some good money into this winnings right here. There you go. That's true. That is true. So, thank you. Hey, anything you want to anything you want to tell Mario and uh, Nicole since they're here right now listening to your call? Anything you want to any any message you want to give them? Picks up. <laughs> well played. Very well played. All right. Good job, Pinky. Thanks for the call. That's hilarious. Uh, by the way, you brought tickets uh, to Wednesday's game. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. And little mini foam fingers. Are these going to be given out at the game Wednesday? No. We're going to give away a 1,000 hats at the game. What kind of hats are you giving out? We're going to give a white dry fit hat away. Oh, do, you, do you have a picture of that? We gave all it the hats away at KVL. We, and knowing <laughs> nice, we were coming nice. over here, I really Sorry. felt bad. I said, go out and get some hats. She goes, I gave them all I gave away. Them all oh, away. I panicked, and I gave them all. Did yeah. you? That's yeah. all right. Who, who has them? Um, Nate, Ryan. Nate Ryan? I'm sure you can get them out of his hands. He probably needs them. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. No, with that hair, with the hair that he's got, I don't yeah, know if he wants to cover that up. he's active and he's always probably playing ball and doing stuff. So he's probably going to be rocking that Can hat Can you at least a lot. get a picture of the hat? Show cap? 
Doesn't we don't have that. Anyway. All right, that's good. That's so nice. okay. live radio at its finest. That's right. So we are we are giving away a thousand hats at the game, mm-hmm. uh, the blackout game. A thousand dollars grand in the scan- stands when a lucky student will uh, you know get a thousand dollars. And then, as usual, starting at 8.30 in the morning on Wednesday, those $195 lower-level tickets will go on sale. That's right. So Section 119, we've got about 190 seats in that section. Um, those will go on sale for $5 uh, at 8.30, and we'll sell those all the way up to, like, 5 o'clock. And you'll sell those out, probably. Yeah, well, you yeah. would certainly hope so. Um, you know, we went out, and, uh, boy, I got you wouldn't want me to call out Palo Verde Homes and Edgar Montiel, because I... You know what we do is yes. just to kind of artificially pump up the crowd, I'll call some donors and we'll do a sellout game. <laughs> well, right? That's the so we did that that's for Grand so Canyon. Good. So I go to my oh. staples in Las Cruces. Yeah. And then, you know, during the mask mandate and the no concessions, we had Seattle, it was a big game. So everybody that I didn't contact, I contacted again. Okay. So now I'm like, okay, it's a Wednesday. I want to make sure we have a really great crowd. I want that lower bowl to be filled. So I may have gone to the people that I really don't want to go to because, and, you know, but I know that would come through because Mm -hmm. they're big sports fans. And I'm not saying Edgar uh, Montiel at Palo Verde Homes was somebody I called or purchased tickets, but I'll put that out there that it's a distinct possibility. (laughs) I, I don't want him to get you know a hard oh time God. from all his yeah. friends who are minor fans, but uh, he's been great about supporting. He's a good supporter of the whole of the whole, of the whole two region. schools. That's, That's exactly, exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. He doesn't discriminate, which is good. That is true. So I like that. And That's then there's a couple other El Paso businesses I called, but <laughs> I usually say, "No, I'm not going to do that." But I got a little desperate. We sold what like 500, I think, lower levels. About? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which is about 600. Yeah. We stopped, though. Yeah. We, we didn't yeah, want to get greedy. That's true. Yeah. So that's a, we're trying to, like, artificially stimulate, you know, the crowd. And then when you come up, you buy a lower-level ticket, and you got a great environment. So I like that. Yeah, that's yeah, good. yeah. Right. So no, so we're ready for that. Day. And then Saturday is the last game of the year. Mm-hmm. Hall senior of day. Fame. Yeah, senior day. Also Hall of Fame. So we've got Bob Kelly, who, who played in the AFL for many years, mm-hmm. and he played in the Sun Bowl in 59 and 60. Uh, he's passed away, but his widow, B is flying in from Cincinnati, which oh, that's is cool. unbelievable. Very nice. Uh, Maria Roth, who is a longtime, uh, one of our all-time great volleyball players and assistant coach uh, and senior woman administrator for many years. Yep. And then uh, William Benjamin. That's and, cool, too. Uh, his yeah. son's killing it right now in high school. That's exactly right. And um, uh, Benj uh, and I were classmates together. He was a part of, you know, many, all uh, his years with the NCA, the Sweet 16 team. So I'm glad that... Uh, He's going to go in along with, uh, you know, his classmates, uh, Randy Brown and Reggie Jordan. So, yeah, that'll be uh, a really neat class. Now, I want to give away some tickets. I got a four-pack for Wednesday I want to give away. We're going to play Mario Mocha trivia here in a moment, okay? But before we do, hey, Adrian, you ready to do a live movie review on Sports Talk for Mario and uh, also for Nicole? No, because I don't have headphones, unfortunately. What? You don't? No. Well, what if I bad. what if I handle the music for you and I point to you and I let you know exactly when you can go with the with okay, the review? Okay, so this is a movie review, right? This is a movie okay, review. Good. I can't hear what you're saying, no. so I'm going to say yes. Okay, right. so yeah, this is a movie review, and that means you also can't hear from uh, Mario and from Nicole because you are uh, essentially right now 
grabbing all the stuff you need. All right, hang on. Let me play the theme for you. This is this is important. This is what we do. Because uh, let me give the background, by the way. So here's the deal, okay, guys. Yeah. Adrian hasn't seen about seventy classic films <laughs> over the last thirty years. Sounds so, like it works in our office. Yes, yeah, so we went through a whole list, gave him a whole to-do list of movies, and now he's starting to knock them out one by one by one. He did. Let's see. Last week he handled. Um, started with what was the first? Oh, the Warriors. Then he did Point Break, and then he did Raging Bull, and then I think the last movie he did after Raging Bull was Taxi Driver. That's right. right. So now he's got a new one coming up, and I'm excited about this. So hang on, let me get his music ready. Let me get the uh, music started here for Adrian. Let me see. On today's movie review, here we go. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. I jumped the gun there, Steve. Sorry about that. Good job. 81% on Rotten Tomatoes. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Uh, I definitely like Ted more than Bill. Keanu Reeves. Absolutely hilarious. This is my second Keanu Reeves movie that I've watched in this uh, 70 movie uh, trill, whatever you're calling this project. Uh, the plot, of course, everybody knows this who's seen this. Uh, two airheads traveling through time. They're assembling historical figures for this high school presentation. Uh, this one makes you laugh. Uh, this is a fun one. Historical figures. I loved Napoleon. I loved Billy the Kid. Uh, Be- uh, of course, Beethoven, Joan of Arc. You had Genghis Khan, Abraham Lincoln, so many great historical figures. Uh, I like time travel. I I would prefer Back to the Future, but this was kind of like a great Back to the Future twist uh, with like Wayne's World. That's kind of how I would describe it. Uh, I think this one was solid. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, 7 out of 10 bananas for me. All right, 7 out of 10, that's good. Did you like Socrates? Socrates was hilarious. I, I love the way yeah. that they pronounced it. I like that, too. I thought that was great. Uh, have both of you seen Bill and Ted's uh, Excellent Adventure, I hope? I have. It has been quite some time. I'm sure it has. You were probably in college back then. But here's the deal. It's very ironic that you're doing this because I go down and talk to the marketing staff <laughs> and other staff, and I'm like, that's just like the movie Blank. And I get all these millennial stares. And then mm-hmm. I have to go to YouTube and send them the clip. Sack is better than the millennials she's i wouldn't say she's great but um she's but, I'm competitive yeah you're, you're competitive, competitive. All right. but that was so much enthusiasm how i'm Thank happy you. for you that you saw that for the first time i'm happy too That's i liked great. it it was worth watching now you, you both and nicole you've seen that movie too right of course all right uh, i'm just making sure it's, yeah it's and fun. i also did like the keanu reeves character better as well yeah I mean, people don't like, for some reason, they don't like, um, was it uh, Bill S. Esquire? Was it Bill Well, I was going to say, I don't even know that. Theodore Logan, I think, was uh, Ted. So, yeah. Got it. Anyway, it was a fun movie. Well, you've got a blockbuster star and a guy that we can't really remember what his name is. exactly what it turns into. That's right. And they made two sequels from the movie. Go figure that out. So, unbelievable. All right. uh, Ready to play Mario Mocha trivia here? Well, I, I don't know if anyone else is. I, I'm not ready, but maybe everyone else is. Yeah. First, I hope the audience is playing. I hope so, because okay, it's an easy. It's, I'm giving away four tickets to the game Wednesday. And here's, or it's five really tickets. Or five, four or five, your choice. Four or five, you tell us. All right. First person in that can tell us what year Mario Mocha's senior year playing baseball at New Mexico State. The se- your senior year playing baseball in New Mexico State. That's a simple question. You don't give like an A, B, C, D. No, you, you just, have to get people it. People just have to guess. Yes. I will say he's older than me, mm. okay? 
And I graduated college in 95, so that's at least a hint. I can give that hint away, all right? So there you go. Yeah, that's, that's, that's legit. That's, that's generous. That's Thank a generous you. hint. I appreciate yeah. that. I guess, hey, the ballpark now, people understand. People probably had no idea that you even played baseball in Mexico State, let alone you actually played, what, uh, three years or two? Two years in the minor leagues with the uh, Detroit Tigers organization. Who was your most um, famous teammate during those two years? Wow. During those two years. Did anybody ever play Major League Ball? Yeah, there was a bunch of guys who played, you know, had cups of coffee over okay. there in the big leagues. Uh, I don't think anybody overly notable, but John Doherty, he pitched. Nice. Uh, yeah, he started. Uh, Mark Edels, he I remember he Mark played. Edels. Yeah, uh, Yvonne Cruz. I mean, good Lord, I'd like to get these tickets away between now and 6 when we end the show. Right, Adrian? I'm with you on that, Steve, most definitely. Surely right. somebody would accidentally call. Like would, maybe they were trying to get a pizza yeah. and they would just. Maybe. Yeah, just yeah. throw something. I mean, we're giving away tickets. It's, it's nice. So, all right, look. Thank you both for being here. If we don't give away today, we're going to give them away tomorrow. I promise you that. Maybe you need that. to give another hint. Nah. Really? We're going to listen on the so way back. Got, now we got a caller. Oh, now thank we got, goodness. Now we got it's a, probably my mom you know. who felt bad. Nobody <laughs> yeah. was calling I in. This is Mocha? During yeah. the dead air. <laughs> All right. Mario, Nicole, thank you both for being here and appreciate you guys uh, sharing the love about Wednesday night's game. We'll make sure we get a hat for you that there Nicole you so Sorry. callously didn't okay. save for. Don't blame Nicole. She works come, hard. Why don't you come to the game? There you go. Because it's Wednesday. And I have to work till 7 o'clock. I don't get off the air till the uh, game's tipping off. Tip off, 707. <laughs> All right. Thank we'll you. Hold on That's, to it. I'll, I'll do my best flying down <laughs> I 10 and 25, see if I can make it in time. Oh. All right. Mario Mocha, Nicole Sack with us here. Coming up next, we've got uh, Coach Rodney Lewis, a conversation with Coach Lewis and Adrian Broadus right after Charlie One with traffic. All right, and welcome back to Sports Talk. Adrian brought us along with Steve Kaplowitz. We're talking high school basketball in this segment, and t- time to jump back out to the phone lines right now and welcome on a reoccurring guest here on Sports Talk. He is Chapin Huskies head coach Rodney Lewis. The Huskies are now seeking their second straight trip to the Regional 15A Boys Semifinals in the Texas State Playoffs, coming off a huge area round title for the second straight year. Uh, far different than last year's run, though coach a 55 to, uh, excuse me 57 to 53 win against Tuscosa th- this past weekend congrats again coach on this great win and thank you so much for joining us on the program how's everything going with you all oh, everything's going well and thanks uh, for having me on I'm just excited about that we that we're continuing um, to push forward most definitely, Coach. And, again, congrats to you and your team for, for the accomplishment. Now, Coach, I, I felt like this uh, tweet from Felix Chavez was awesome yesterday. You have been part of 27 playoff wins over your time. How, how different was this past weekend's playoff win for you compared to those other 27? Uh, every, every, every win, um, just like every loss, you, you have something different in it. Um, it's really not the same. Because every game has its own uh, storyline, and uh, with this one, the storyline was um, playing without KJ, and and you know people counting us out, and um, our my my um, the rest of the team just stepping up, um, doing their jobs to make sure we um, advance. Most definitely, and uh, shout out to Colin Deaver because he called it the Antoine Holmes game and what he was able to do, 20 points in the second half against Tuscosa. Uh, your team for 16 turnovers on defense. Talk about Holmes' performance, and not just him, but you know the, the, the defense that you all presented against Tuscosa in this win. Excuse me, Antoine Holmes is a top 100 player in the, in the state. Um, he just doesn't get enough in this town 
he doesn't get enough uh, publicity because of uh, we us having KJ Lewis on the team um, and KJ getting the, the attention because he's a nationally ranked player. But Antoine Holmes is a is a top three player in this in this city. Um, besides, you know, KJ Lewis and Jordan Hernandez, um, Antoine Holmes is right there, and he just did with a senior. Um, of uh, with his kind of talent and, and skill level, he just did what he was supposed to do, is and, and that was to to um, get us through. Um, the defense, I mean, that's what we preach over here at uh, Chapin is that we're a defensive team um, first, and we just happen to you know get buckets off of our defense. That's how that's how we play, um, and they you know the, our backs were against the wall, and, and I have a tough team. Um, we have Warriors here. We play with heart, and um, we just found a way to win. Coach, you all trailed forty-three to thirty-four in the fourth quarter. What what was going on through your head during this time in, in this game against Tuscosa, just trying to hang on to your season? Um, it was it was really you know during timeouts, it was just you know telling our guys we've been here, we've been there before. Like we've had some great games this year um, where we um, lost a couple. We won a couple. Um, the the Las Cruces high game over there, up five, losing by one. Um, we played straight Jesuit earlier this year. We were up 17, ended up losing by one in double overtime. And then, you know, we went over and played a tough Franklin team at Franklin and pulled out a close game down the stretch. And then the, the latest game we had at Andrews, um, where we had to pull pull that game out in overtime by one. So, We've had we've had our share of ups and downs and, and close battles, and I think that prepared us down the stretch to win this one. But I think we were pretty composed. We just knew that we had to uh, step our defense up a notch. A twenty-three to ten run to close out the game and to win the area round. Uh, another another two guys that I just want to credit into this victory: Martin Eddy. Uh, I've seen him play this year. I really like his skill set. Brandon Himes was very key in this victory for you guys. Can you talk about those two players in particular and what they were able to do uh, in that game on Friday? Oh, of course, uh, Martin Martin Eddy is is um, by far probably one of the best defenders in the city. Um, one of the best in the state. Um, he he gives us so much off the bench with with his energy, um, his defensive proudness, um, his athleticism being very undersized, but he can jump very high and he's in there battling for boards. Um, he's just a different energy for us. And when he's on point coming off the bench with his energy and his effort and his enthusiasm, that makes us a very good team. Um, he got off to a late start this, this season, but um, he's picked it up. And as a senior, we, you know, down the stretch, we wouldn't be here without Martin. Um, Brandon Himes is a young sophomore. Um, you know, just like any other young guy on varsity, you know, has, you know, he has his ups and downs. But um, this past game, um, we we just told him, the coaching staff and I and, and, and the players, you know, we believe in Brandon. We believe in his uh, skill set. We believe in his talent. And um, he, he down the stretch, he wanted the ball in his hand. He got a good put back for two points, and then he made the uh, the game ceiling free throw. So, you know, we we have a very good team that people really you know don't talk about. Um, but those two guys have uh, have contributed all year in, in in spots, and I'm just glad that they are start are starting to find find their confidence for us on this uh, playoff run. 
Again, right now we're talking to Chapin Varsity Boys Basketball Head Coach Rodney Lewis, who's joining us on the phone lines. Chapin, who's 30-4 and on the year and finished off 14-0 in district play. Coach, uh, I buried the lead in a big way. Now let, let's talk a little bit about the KJ ejection. That was a huge topic on our show, and it wasn't just us. It was a lot of parents weighing in on this conversation, and we even had a former official weigh in on the, the topic as well. Uh, now that this carousel is finally over, KJ is active and able to play with the all tomorrow in that big game against Paladuro. Well, I'll, I'll give you the floor. What are your thoughts on the whole situation, how every, everything unfolded? For, for us to, to, to defend my program and, and, and KJ, we've been getting, you know, we've been getting hit, I, I think, dirty plays on us all year. Um, ever since KJ been here for the three years he's been here, I think he's been hit a lot. Um, unnecessary, undercut, push from behind. Um, and our thing is, I've, 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 you know, told my district AD and I, I talked to the refs that we feel like we were officiated differently. Um, I agree. A lot, a lot of things, a lot of things happen to us that we can't do to other teams. Um, I don't teach dirty play anyway. So, um, but anytime we're physical on defense, if we put our hand on somebody or if we, bump somebody, it's a foul automatically. It's quick. But we've been undercut. I've had a guy ran down from behind, slammed on his head. KJ's been undercut where he almost broke his orbital bone, had a concussion. He's been undercut where he um, had his shoulder dislocated. Uh, so that game was an emotional game. And earlier in that game, a kid from Horizon pushed KJ from the back. Lucky for KJ, he wasn't in the air. So he was still on his feet. And he just pushed him, and KJ could run it off and, and slow down. On his last play, and I, I'm not disagreeing that it was an offensive foul. It, it was clearly an offensive foul, so that's not the argument. The argument is that the referees let an emotional game get out of control, and they became emotional in the game. Um, I, I believe when a coach or a ref start listening to the crowd and you can, you can hear what the crowd is saying, then you're not focused on your job. Um, I, every game I coach, I, I, I can hear people talking um, smack about me. But, I, you know, if I'm emotional, then I'll respond to it. Then I'm not focused on, on my coaching duties. And I think that's what happened with the refs here in the Horizon game, is that they allowed themselves to get too emotionally caught up, and then it became out of control at that point. Because um, now you can hear everything, and you're going to let every little thing that somebody say agitate you. So. That's what happened with KJ. So I thought that he could have gave KJ the first tech, and I thought at that point he could have came over to me and, and asked me to take KJ out or take escort him out before issuing that second quick uh, technical foul. That's just my opinion. Hey, I, I totally agree with you there, Coach, and it's been well documented on this program as well. I think that was very well said, and uh, yeah, I, I'm just I'm I'm thrilled that you guys get KJ back in this next round, and that's where I want to sh- uh, close out this conversation. Uh, tomorrow, it's the regional quarterfinals matchup. You all have Paulo Duro. It's five o'clock El Paso time in Seminole. What's the scouting report on this team? Uh, Paulo Duro is just one of the toughest. Teams in the state, they just get after you for 32 minutes. It's it's relentless. It's full court pressure, and then offensively, they're full court as well. They'll push the ball at you. Um, they they want to go. They want to get in the 80s. 
Um, they, they, you know, they're just tough. This year in, year out, everybody know in this area that in order to make a run, you, you usually have to go to Palo Duro. And um, so for us, we have to be very smart, um, handle the ball, handle the pressure, not turn the ball over, and I think we'll be fine. Great stuff, Coach. Hey, best of luck to you, your team, and everybody out there at Chapin High School in this uh, great run in the playoffs. I wish you all the best, and uh, bring back another gold trophy for us here in the 915. How about that? I appreciate you, Adrian. We're going to do our best to represent El Paso Northeast, and um, we're going to do our best to come back with another gold ball. Awesome. Great stuff, Coach. Thank you again, and have a, have a great trip out there. All right, thank you. From Chapin head coach Rodney Lewis over to America's head coach Mike Brooks. That's coming up next, but first let's get to Sports Center. All right, let's continue our conversation talking El Paso boys varsity basketball hoops going into the Texas State playoffs. We want to talk a little bit about the America's Trailblazers because this weekend they secured another area title with a 55-44 win against Byron Nelson. Up next, they've got the regional quarterfinals against Keller Central. That's tip-off tomorrow, 5 o'clock El Paso time, 6 o'clock Central. It will be played at Andrews High School. Out of the 6A ranks, of course, the America's Trailblazers finish Finished the season 34-2, 13-1 in the league. One of the best teams that you'll find in the city of El Paso. And up next, we have their head coach, Mike Brooks. He joins us on the phone lines. Coach, thank you so much for the time. And, hey, congrats on the great win this weekend. Thanks, Adrian. It's, uh, it's really a fun time right now. Oh, of course, and this is this is the time to talk some gold balls because you guys are bringing uh, bringing in a lot of these area titles. You had, in fact, you've had six area titles at Americas since 2008, including back to back. Now you won one last year, won, uh, win one this year again. Winning in the playoffs has become business as usual for you guys at Americas. Well, it certainly helps when you have uh, like this year for us. It's a senior laden team. Um, you know, guys that went through it last year not too surprised by uh the caliber of competition we're going against so uh you know up to this point uh we've responded pretty well and uh hopefully we're going to try and keep it going last year you guys finished and, and went to the round of 16 for the first time in program history did that kind of fuel you guys this year and kind of thinking wow we, we could get there again and we could go even further well i think that i think that's the goal every year for every program is you're trying to go one step farther than the year before um so yes uh, getting to the Sweet 16 last year was a, a huge accomplishment by last year's team. Uh, the returning guys certainly wanted to uh, try, you know, make every effort to get it back there. And uh, so you know, here we are, one game away from that. So I'm, just, I'm, I'm expecting another solid game by us, uh, and hopefully that will uh, lead to a victory. So let's uh, let's talk a little bit about this area game that you guys just endured this past weekend because it, it just felt like a back-and-forth contest. In fact, you guys were down by seven in the third quarter, 35-28 to Byron Nelson. Then the Trailblazers went on an 11-2 run to end the quarter. You guys went up 39-37 and never looked back. What was the real turning point for you guys down the stretch? Well, we, we made a couple of plays defensively, and what's got us, in the transition where we could get open looks and we knocked down a couple shots. And then when we uh, started making shots, we started make, getting stops. And then we were able to execute a couple things offensively on the half court. And, uh, you know, the kids that have stepped up all year, obviously stepped up again uh, on Friday. And then the play at the end of the third quarter 
which you know, you know, we have one of the premier guards in the, in in the area, and everybody knows that. And he made a really good decision, and we get a, a, you know a kick out wide open three, and it gets knocked down, and it puts us ahead, and now confidence is way up. And uh, you know, once we were able to get ahead and to kind of spread them out a little bit, they. I think they went into a little bit of a panic mode, both offensively and defensively. And uh, we were able to capitalize. That's great stuff. And it seemed like you, you all capitalized on some cr- some clutch free throw shooting as well down the stretch. So it's just basic fundamentals for you all, getting the right shot selection and knocking down the free throws necessary in order to take that victory. Well, I, I think any basketball coach is going to tell you, you know, the team that shoots the free throws the best and the most, you know, more than the other team, it gives you a great chance to win the game. And uh, right now, you know, we've got guys stepping up, knocking down free throws. So it's a, it certainly puts pressure on the other team to have to capitalize every time down. And, uh, you know, if we can rebound the basketball, we're going to do okay. Uh, let's talk about two of your senior leaders in particular, in Jordan Hernandez and Christian Navarez. I, I just I feel like these two uh, players are very special uh, here from the nine one five. And uh, for Hernandez, he averages almost fourteen a game. I love the fact that he averages almost three steals per game. So you know he's doing it on both sides. And you're getting a lot of production out of Navarez as far as scoring effort, and uh, he chips in with uh, some good rebounding and assist numbers as well. Well, you know, both those kids have been three year starters. So, uh, you know, what they're doing is really not unexpected by us because we, we see it every day in practice. Um, both of them do an unbelievable job defensively. I don't think that they get enough credit for that uh, because of what they can do offensively. Uh, you know, Jordan takes care of the ball. Uh, he knocks out shots when he needs to. He clutches the free throw line. Christian is, uh, in my opinion, one of the premier shooters in, in, in El Paso. And uh, he doesn't get recognized enough probably for what he does defensively. Because, he, you know, he's a 6'2 kid and long and intelligent defensively. So it, uh, when you have players like that, it sort of makes your job a lot easier. Now, Coach, uh, I, I don't know if I'm the only one in this mix, but I did not see Keller Central knocking off Friendship uh, this past weekend. I thought Friendship was uh, one of the best teams that I at least saw on paper and uh, out of this region, and I, I was looking at Keller Central as a team that they could pass over through, but that wasn't the case. Keller Central beat them 77-75, and now you have a date with Keller Central. Tell me a little bit about this team, and, and were you surprised that they beat Friendship and uh, how they did this past weekend? Well, at this stage, I, I don't get too surprised about anybody that gets upset or doesn't, you know, doesn't play well. It, it, any coach is going to tell you it comes down to matchups. You know, what Friendship tries to do defensively uh, allows a team like Keller Central, who's very athletic, to, to get out and, and, and show their things. Uh, hopefully, we're not going to allow them to get out in the open floor and, uh, demonstrate their athleticism over ours. Uh, you know, so did it surprise me? Yes, because, you know, friendship is loaded. But the uh, Keller Central team did not back down. So, uh, you know, hats off to them. They, they, they showed up and, uh, and, and, and really took care of things at the end of the game when they needed to. Coach, without giving away too much away, what's the what's the game plan tomorrow? What's the outlook like? 
Well, we have a saying around here, DWWD, let's do what we do. And, uh, you know, we're, we're going to, you know, try and limit their offensive rebounding. Uh, so defensive rebounding is going to be key for us. We're going to, you know, try and uh, do a better job for 32 minutes of, of getting in someone's face so they're not uncontested shots. And then on offense, we just have to take care of the ball. If we can get a quality shot every time down, uh, I like our chances. Now, that being said, the other team's trying to stop you from doing that. So that's that's what's the great thing about basketball. I mean, you have a plan, but you you got to go out and execute it. Of course. No, I'm totally with you on that, Coach. Again, we got Coach Mike Brooks joining us from America's High School after the Trailblazers secured another area title with their victory against Byron Nelson. Up next, tomorrow's game, the regional quarterfinals against Keller Central. Coach, one last question from me when we wrap things up. What can you say about this group? When you compare them to the other great programs that you've uh, coached here with Americas, what can you say about this group and this run that you're, uh, that you're about to – or that you're continuing here in the state playoffs? Yeah, I get that. The kids ask me that question all the time about you know what what my best team has been, and uh, so I, I kind of spurred them on uh, last week by telling them, well, you haven't you haven't set a school record for wins yet, so it's kind of hard to compare you to teams that have done that. You've lost more than one game, you know, so they kind of took that. To, oh, okay. I'm, I guess we're going to show you. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I love they that are, they are. They're, you know, we set a school record for wins. Um, it. Certainly, it goes down at the top of the list with all the other teams we've had. Uh, It's so hard to compare team to team because you change what you do depending on what kind of personnel you have. Uh, But this team has responded to the coaching staff's vision, and they've uh, probably exceeded what anybody in the town thought we could do. So uh, that's a credit to them, you know, their hard work for the last four years and uh, their willingness to uh, play a certain way to give them the best chance to win. That's great stuff. Coach, thank you so much for the time. Wishing you and the team all the best in your travels and the game tomorrow, and uh, bring back another one for us here in El Paso. How about that? Thanks, Aiden. We're going to give it our best ever. Thank you. Time to take a timeout. For one last time this season, we'll get to UTEP basketball with Kevin Baker and Joe Golding, along with the voice of the Miners, John Teicher. All of that and more coming up next right here on 600 ESPN El Paso.